thank you for bearing with us during that time. Bearing with us. That is awesome. That is such a joy for this church. Thank you for your reverence. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for everything. I know many prayers were spoken over Lily Kate just now, and many prayers were spoken over the family. And I know that God is using the Gidry family along with many others here, all of us here, as we turn our lives over to God. He is using each and every one of us for influence. For influence. We have got to have influence in this world. We've got to turn our lives and hearts over to God. Give Him everything. Just enjoy the benefits of doing it. And as He changes our life, He rearranges us. He makes us and molds us into what we need to be. What He called us to be. From the very beginning of time, He called us to be something great. He's calling us to greatness. And as, as we enjoy those benefits, then we just share just share, just share, just share. It is so powerful, your testimony. Don't hold in what God has done for you day in and day out. Phil, you got to just break out of the box. you got to break out of the box. you got to look at somebody who's dealing with something. Find somebody who's downcast. They've got their head down. They're pumping gas at the gas station, and they just look like they're just defeated. Who knows what the situation is? God is going to put somebody in your path, and you don't know what it can do to them to just walk up to them random, randomly. Shake their hand. Hi, my name's Jeremy. God changed my life. And God has got something, I believe, for you. And you're smiling the whole time. It's not a put-on. It's, it's your testimony. It's your story. And when you share your story and your testimony, it gives people hope. People are stuck in a grind day in and day out. They get up on Monday, they go to their job. They work all day. If Some men are just sweating and hot all day long until we finally get a break in October. But it's just work, 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 run, 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 barely get home, can't cook supper, grab some Sonic. And it's just life and it's just miserable. Can't even afford the Sonic, putting it on a credit card. Just tough, just life, just wearing us out. And somebody can benefit so much from you just walking up and just smiling at them and saying, God has changed my life. He has done so much for me. Can I just, do you have five seconds? Just let me tell you. If they don't have five seconds, just say, God loves you. He loves me. He loves you. And, and just trust me, things are going to get better. Don't be afraid to speak something positive into somebody's life. I promise you they'll receive it. I promise you they'll receive it. Don't be afraid to speak the positive words into someone else's life. God has, got to, uh, God has got great things in store for many, many people. And I, I, I look out in the audience right now, and I'm not going to call names, but I know of so many people that I see in this audience today where it was just a random chance encounter, not chance. God put us in the path of each other, and we came together. Somebody opened up. Somebody shared a testimony. And then there from that developed, oh, well, let me invite my wife to church. Oh, my children, things are better. My family's stronger. Oh, that addiction that I had, that hang-up that I had, that hurt that I had, that is all of a sudden gone. We are a church full of comeback stories. This is a church where you can come to church and not just be here and hear a message, get some coffee, go home, check it off your box and say, I went to church. I always go to church because my papa said I need to go to church for the rest of my life. And don't you ever miss, son. And don't you ever not give to God. And, and, and I've got, I have to do that. I've said this many times. I'll touch on it just once more this morning. Men, try, 
Try, don't try this. If you try this, let me know how it works out for you, men. Go to your wife today after church and say, hey, this week I'm taking you out, baby. And we're going to go out on a date. We're going to have a lot of fun because somebody told me at work that I was supposed to do that. Whoa, whoa. It's all, whoa. You're only doing it because somebody told you you had to? No. When you finally make that decision, when the passion ignites, when that passion and fire ignites, that's something you can't fake. So men, there was a moment when you saw that young lady and those eyes locked. Or you maybe had dated her for a few times and something happened where it was like, oh, I am stricken. I am, ooh, I am love struck. I don't know when it happened, but I fell in love. I'm telling you, your relationship with God is exactly the same. It takes some work. Men, I, my wife did not fall into my lap. I went after her. I sought after her. I seek after God. I seek for that relationship. I want a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I speak to Him. I talk to Him. I reach out to Him. And then that relationship begins to happen. And then, bam, something happens. It just clicks. And I fall. I'm in love with something else other than this world. I'm in love with the relationship with God Almighty. And there's something that's real, it's tangible. It's not just a platonic relationship where it's just, yes, I'm a Christian, I love God, and He loves me. And I, I appreciate, maybe not even love, I appreciate the big man upstairs. Because some people don't even say Jesus. Say the big man upstairs. Come on now, let's get real. I, I appreciate the wife. Wow, sounds y'all like y'all are really in love. No, it's let me introduce you to my baby doll. Oh, that sounds a little more like y'all a little closer. I just shared something with y'all that I haven't ever shared. That's, that's what I text her and call her. It's baby doll. And sometimes I'll say you're the baby of all dolls. I just, I, it's corny, it's corny, it's corny. Listen, if it's your first time here to Covenant Church, you quickly just realize that we're normal people. There's, no, there's nothing going on here where we're just like, hey, look what we have done. We are normal. I'm a man just like you're a man. She's a woman just like you're a woman. And yes, we identify as those two things. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> I know what a man is. You don't have to tell me. It's not as complicated. You know, I've watched these videos online so many times, and there's some debate and controversy, I don't know, with, in their mind. And uh, it's a simple question, so just tell me what a woman is. And the answer back is, well, that's complicated. It's not. It's not. We love each other. This is God-ordained. And men and women, it, just know that God has got a lot for you. He has got a lot for you. He's got a lot for your marriage. If it's not on fire, if you're not just in love with each other like you were back when you were 17, 18 years old, when you first got married, however old when you got married and got together... Pray that God will reignite that fire. It will happen. If you don't have a great, strong, strong relationship with God, pray to Him and say, God, reignite the fire in my life. Many of us can think back to a time in our teenage years. You know, there was two that came up here this morning. Maybe a summer camp that you went to, a church camp, and you're like, man, I really, I remember being so on fire for God. I remember that camp back in 1940. <laughs> 
Nobody's that old. Okay. I remember that camp back in 83. Back in 94, I went to summer camp, and God changed my life. I was on fire. I was. I was. on. You can be, and you will be, one step at a time, day after day. We're going to get through this, and God is, he is here to fire us up today. I'm telling you, this is what this message is today. First time guests, welcome today. There's a QR code on the, on the pews in front of you. If you want to scan that, and just check in and just let us know. Uh, a little bit about yourself. We love to meet anybody over here that's brand new. Also, this is a place where we talk about just the next steps. Maybe you've been coming for a few Sundays. You don't know, what do I do next? What's going on at Covenant Church? Um, lots of things are going on. We don't take this time to tell you about everything because we'd be up here for an extra 15 minutes. Lots of stuff going on. Come over here, meet us, talk to someone over here. Uh, if you happen to get out the door before we can shake your hand, everybody, this is my handshake. I love you. I would love to shake your hand, meet you. And get to know you just a little bit better. We're, we're not always passing each other in town. And it's just, hey, man. Hey, I want to know your name. And I want you to know my name. We want to get to know you. And we want you to know that we love you very much. We love everyone that's here. It does not take a long time to be a part of this family. I'll just say it's immediate. Prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. That is something we started a long time ago. I've actually forgotten how long it's been going now. January 15th, we started a prayer service, and we thought, hey, let's just say we're going to pray tonight. Sunday night, we're just going to pray. Lo and behold, about 150 people showed up, and we prayed for an hour, and it was powerful. And it has happened Sunday after Sunday after Sunday where people are getting together, and they are praying. And it's God is moving in a mighty way. We have got to pray. We cannot get away from the basics. For life, for me to be alive right now, sometime in the next month, I need to eat some food. Sometime in the next three days, because you don't need to go three days without water. I need to drink some water. Not a Dr. Pepper, not because that feels good. Okay? Not a monster, not a Red Bull. I need to drink water. I'm just saying, for your spiritual life, don't forget about the spirit man that we can't see, but we definitely can feel it. If you are feeling a certain way, if you are the one who you're always sick, you're always depressed, you're always angry, you're, you can't get along with your wife, you can't get along with your kids, you are Mr. Horrible. I, can't think of, I thought of a word and I was like, Lord, don't say that, Jeremy. Thank God for a filter. It's, there's a filter between here and here, and it works. You, if that is you, you need to put something in your body that living water and the bread of life. You need to partake of that because we know good and well. How cranky do we get? How aggravated do we get when we don't eat? We call it hangry, right? We're hangry. I've got a good friend, no names. But if he doesn't get supper by a certain time in the evening... He starts to get a little irritable. And it's been like that for many years, and his wife knows it, and so they don't miss. It's like we have a supper, 5.30, 6 o'clock, it's on the dot. Because she, I'm going to make him happy. He's happy. He, when, when daddy's happy, everybody's happy. And so we love to eat. We love to drink our water. He raised his hand like, it's, it's me. It's everybody. It's David Trawick. Listen, your spiritual soul, many of you don't even realize it, but your spirit man and woman is hangry. You're so hangry. 
You are hungry for God and more of God. You don't even know it. You don't even know it. So I told you today, you can't unknow what you know. So you've been told, drink of that living water, eat of that uh, bread of life. God is going to do something marvelous and great in your life. Hang on, get ready, buckle up for the ride because it's continually better and God is going to do something great in your life, in your neighbor's life. Can we get an amen? And we're going to get excited sometimes. We're going to clap our hands. We're going to raise our hands. We're going to say hallelujah. We're going to say amen. It's exciting to know when something good is coming. I remember as a child, I got excited about Christmas. I, when I knew, I started to see presents forming up under the tree. I came from a family where presents started appearing early. Some families, boom, it's just there overnight. The tree is empty. It's empty, empty, empty. Boom, it's there. So there was anticipation. I'm telling you, let there be that anticipation of I know God's going to move. I know God's going to touch this situation. My job's going to get better. It's positive. I'm going to speak these things because he's going to bless the fruit of my lips. The fruit, the stuff that's coming out of my mouth, off my lips, off my tongue. I know God's going to heal this marriage. I know God that's going to do these great and mighty things. I believe it. I receive it. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let it be done. Join with me. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to bless your name and to receive from your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to me. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to my heart equally as everyone else through this message. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it cuts us. It's, it touches our heart. It draws us closer to you. It causes conviction to be on our lives and in our minds where we receive this. And we ask God that you would help us to to use it to better ourselves, better our family, better our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you will, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Samuel. And we will go to 2 Samuel chapter 19. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. It's so good to have each and every one of you here today. We're, we're so grateful that uh, you bless us with your presence because I draw strength from you. And so I'm glad when you show up. I am glad. I call this my church family. And when my church, when my family shows up at my house, my blood family, I love it. When I get to see you guys, I love it. Don't miss. Be here as much as you can. I need you guys. You guys need me. <laughs> we need each other. We actually need each other. It is, a real, it is a real thing to need to be in church with your family. The Bible does say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. It's a commandment. So we expect 100% attendance from now until Jesus comes. <laughs> Don't ever take another vacation. I'm just joking. But, hey, when, now listen, when you forsake something, it's really, you forget about it for a long time. When you forsake something. So we know, listen, spend time with your family. You've got to do that. Let's go to 2 Samuel 19, verses 1 through 8. Joab was told, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. And for the whole army, the victory that day was turned into mourning. So there was a victory, but the victory was overshadowed with mourning. Because on that day, the troops heard it said, The king is grieving for his son, which is Absalom. Absalom was his son. Absalom conspired to get rid of the king and kill him. 
And this is the type of son that he was. Thank God that we have some sons and daughters that follow us and they're not out to try to kill us. But this is the kind of son who Absalom was. So I want you to think about that and just get that in your head right now. He's the type of son who says, I'm going to take over. I want to be the king and I'm going to... I'm going to overtake, I'm going to kill him, and I'm going to get rid of my father. The king is grieving the city that day as men... I'm sorry, let me go back. The king is grieving for his son. The men stole into, into the city that day as men steal in who are ashamed when they flee from battle. Now, I know that says steal, but what it, was, what it meant was they were uh, basically ashamed they were upset they were the top they were at that moment feeling like this is just wrong this is just such a wrong thing and they were overcome with that emotion the king covered his faith face and cried aloud oh my son absalom oh absalom my son my son he's saying this out loud he's screaming it then joab went into the house to the king and said Today, you have humiliated all your men who have just saved your life and the lives of your sons and daughters and the lives of your wives and concubines. Men, you can just delete that right out of your mind. You love those who hate you and you hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. He was so hung up on, him, on his son that he, he could not even celebrate in the victory and celebrate the men and the army that had protected him and saved his life and saved his family's life. I see that you would be pleased if Absalom were alive today and all of us were dead. This is how he felt. This is how he felt. Now go out and encourage your... Now this is Joab. Joab was his nephew, a commander of the army. And this man got bold for a minute. Look what he says here. Watch this. Now, now go out and encourage your men. He, I, I have a vision of him saying it like this. I, I've had about enough of that. You'd rather them be, him be alive and us dead? I've had enough of that. I... No, no, no. You, you stop your little pity party. You stop your crying. And you get out there and you encourage these men. You get out there and be a man. And you encourage these men. They just saved your life and saved your family's life. You're over here, oh, Absalom, oh, Absalom. Shut your crying up and get out there. There was a boldness that came over him. Listen, a boldness needs to get on some of us. A righteous indignation, a righteous boldness needs to get on us sometimes where we stomp our foot on the ground Point our finger at the devil and say, you get out of here right now. No, you know, this is what's going to happen in my home. I will be the leader and we will worship God. As for me and my house, I don't know about all of y'all, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now go out and encourage your men. I swear by the, oh, so he's getting serious now. Some of us would say, I swear to, okay, I'm not going to say it. He said, I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will be left with you by, by nightfall. They're all going to leave you. I'm not going to be here. We're not going to stand by your side if you're going to be this pathetic of a man and weak. 
This will be worse for you than all the calamities that have come upon you from your youth till now. So here's the part I like. Even though he's in leadership, even though he's a king, even though we feel like we're somebody, you can be the pastor of a church, you can be the leader of a group, you can be whatever you want to be. A man, that's a tough one right there in and of itself. I'm a man, I'm a grown man. What you, what you, you telling me? Somebody comes to you, your friend. You know, these are the people who say, hey, hold me accountable. Hey, if, I ever, if you ever see me slipping, tell me. Hey, you're slipping. What do you say? Hey, you look like you, hey. And, and, and it's tough because your friends have to dance around the issue, beat around the bush. They can't tell you. You won't receive it. But this is how we should be. Look at what David does. So the king got up, took his seat in the gateway. When the men were told the king is sitting in the gateway, they all came before him. And I guarantee you, when they came by, he encouraged them. And he did what he was told. He realized his wrong, and he got up, and he changed. David was overcome with grief, unable to see the victory that was won in battle, unable to see the good for the bad. But he was able to flip the switch. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit on this topic right here. Flip the switch. Sometimes it's just that easy. Where you say, I'm going to just flip the switch. You know, when I, this room could be completely dark right now. And we could make it completely dark because there's a whole foyer and a wall and everything. And we can flip a switch and light can come on. One light bulb. Not even a light bulb. We can light one candle and one little bit of light. But that flip of the switch and a little bit of light and things are visible. Things begin to see. We're seeing things. You will see things. Things will open up to you in, in your spiritual man and your woman. How God will open up your eyes and, and show you your ways and let things happen. If you will just let that switch be flipped. And I'm going to talk about this today on how, how can we flip the switch. How can we do this? It's very easy to be comfortable in our self-pity. And for many, just plain old normalcy. It's so easy to get caught up in the normal, everyday life. I've already spoken about it. We work, we go home. We work, we eat, we work, we eat, we sleep. We, it's just a cycle. We go, it's just easy to be getting caught up in that. And we have no time to seek after God and do the things of God. And when we do have time, we just mess that up. We jack that all up. Because this is where our spare time is spent. Tick-tock. Facebook, watching Facebook, uh, Marketplace. I mean, you can justify it. You're like, I'm shopping for good deals, honey. I want to bless this family. We need a new vehicle. So I'm going to sit on here on Auto Trader, and I'm going to look at cars for five hours. There ain't no way we would go out on a car lot, on a real car lot, and walk around for five hours. But we'll sit on the, on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't find what I'm looking for in a 100-mile radius. Let me expand that to 300 miles. Now I'm going to look through about 150 more cars and trucks. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Not going to buy it, but I'm looking, just tying it up. Time that I could be spending with my family. Time that I could be teaching my children. Time maybe we could just go out in the yard and throw the ball. Just do something. Connect. Maybe I could speak to God sometimes. Oh, hey. All right. I was walking through the aisle over there, and I came in front of uh, Debbie and Joe Fletcher, and I was walking like this. I said, I don't want to step on y'all's toes, and I was trying to get by them and shake their hand. I said, that's coming later in the sermon. 
I step on my own toes. I do not have steel-toed shoes on, and I can take it. God has called us. I've already said it when I first got up here. God has called you. He's called me, every one of us, to greatness. He did not call us to normalcy. He did not call us to be an average Joe or an average Susan or whatever it is. It's just, he did not say, oh, this person has been born into this world. Lily Kate. No, we did not pray over her today this prayer. Lord, we pray that you would bless Lily Kate to be an outstanding average citizen. No, we did not pray average anything. And guess what? Somebody has spoken words over you. You may have forgotten them, but let me tell you, somebody somewhere, and if it hasn't been in your family, there might have been a teacher, there might have been a youth minister, a Sunday school teacher, people you don't even know about it, but somebody's been praying for you. I can promise you, everybody in our church, I pray for you on a regular basis. And we speak these words, Lord, I pray that you would bless them, enable them, encourage them, raise them up. Lord, help them to see their ways. Lord, we can't say some things we want to say directly to somebody's face. But we can pray and pray and pray and we can fast and we can seek after God and we will get real with this because we want to see somebody in greatness. We don't want normalcy. God has called us to greatness. Greatness will, however, be required you to have a different mindset and motivation. Motivation. There can be no growth and no motivation in the comfort zone. So just get ready to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable, experiencing some pain will bring growth. The, thing, the trial that you're going through, it's not comfortable. The things that you may have to do, the things that God's calling you to do, step out of your box and maybe say some things to a loved one. Maybe say some things to your children. Causing you to be more of a leader than what you're comfortable with. It's going to bring such a mighty, mighty move in your family, I promise you. So number one, change your mindset. Change your mindset. Number two, you need motivation. Motivation, though, is kind of a funny word. Motivation, it doesn't really mean what we think it means. We think to, to be motivated that we're, we're fired up or, or, or we're, we're eager uh, it's, it's passion. That's, that's how I see motivation. I know that many see motivation like that. Well, somebody, somebody, oh, he's so motivated. He's a motivated individual. He's eager. He's, he's fired up. He's, he's got passion. But listen, you cannot just turn on like this switch. Passion. Me and my wife have been at odds for, this is a hypothetical. Me and my, Man says, me and my wife been at odds for a long time. And uh, I'm going to walk in tonight, though. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to have my flowers. I'm, I'm going to have everything. Light a candle. We're supposed to do that, man, every once in a while. Light a candle. Bring a candle home. Buy one that smells good. That's a bonus, too. And walk in there and say, tonight, Passion. And your wife says, do what? What changed from this morning when we were fighting and arguing? Oh, oh, no. Oh, and then, boom, there it goes. There it goes. Snowball, avalanche. <sighs> Flowers in the hand. Candy. What? What? What happened? 
You can't walk in there and just be like, uh, <clears throat> we're, I'm tired of fighting passion. Turn the light switch on. It's on. You want to turn the passion on? Going to turn the e- e- eagerness. I'm going to be fired. I'm just going. I'm just going to be fired up. I'm going to. We feel like we can turn motivation on and off. We're here in church. We hear a sermon like this, and we're like, "Yeah, I need to be more. I need to be more motivated. I'm going to be more motivated." Tomorrow, I'm going to be more motivated. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to turn it on. I'm going to turn motivation on. Well, guess what? Here in about two or three days, motivation is going to just not even, you're not even going to look at the switch. You know, you're waking up first thing in the morning, motivated, motivated, motivated. It's got to, you got to know why. You can't just be motivated. You need to know the why. The why is so important. So when you're teaching somebody about motivation, when you want to motivate somebody, you have to tell them why they're doing what they're doing. Why are you seeing the results that you're seeing? What are the results that you want to see? And so we begin to talk about why are we doing this? Why do you want to get closer to God? Why should you want to have a relationship with God? Why should you not forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Why should you seek out for more of God? Why should you pray in the Word? Why should you read the Word? Why should you do these things? And then you begin to, you've heard it many times in sermons, and I begin to, I'll tell you today, the results of what you will see are so great. He did it in my life. Let me just, my short testimony, went to church my whole life. Father's a preacher. Grandfathers are preachers. Church, I'm doing church. I was not doing relationship. I did not love God. I knew God. He was an acquaintance of mine. I'm, yes, God. I even knew scriptures. I even know the scriptures to say and quote when I'm going through a tough time, but... It's such a difference, and it's, it's got to have passion. There's got to be a passion, and if you don't have that passion, we're fixing to get on that, how we, you gain and you attain that passion, and how you can then begin to, the, the switch will begin to flip, and you will flip that switch, and it'll happen. That's what we're going after today. This sermon today is for us to have a moment where it just clicks. It's tick, and it's like, I get it. I get it. I'm just like with her. It was like it happened. We're in we're saying we love each other on the phone and we mean it. It's like there there's a like I would die for you right now. I would literally take bullets for you. It what happened? Because before you're just a per, you're just an acquaintance. You're pretty and all but I ain't taking no bullets for a pretty girl, but I am going to take some bullets for a pretty girl that I love. There's something that happened. A, a switch was flipped, and if it has not happened for you, just get ready for it because it's going to happen, and it will cause you to forsake the world. It will cause you to say no when you need to say no, and yes when you need to say yes. And if it's not there, if it's not in your spirit, man, you need to say that prayer. Lord, help me to have passion for you because I just am acquainted with you. I go to church when I can. I read my Bible when I can. 
I do certain things here and there. Again, I'll go back to this relationship. Try just coming home to your wife here and there. Try loving her here and there. Try being there for her when you can. I'm, hey, I'm busy. You know I'm busy. I gotta go to work. I gotta do, I got stuff to do. I do have, a, I got friends. I got relationships. You may not even know about all those relationships, but I got, that is, I have to, I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna do it when I can. I will. I promise, I promise you this. You got my word. I'm going to give you my word on this. I'm going to get real. This is good. So I promise you I'll do it when I can. Wow. Not horrible. The most, that is the most ridiculous marriage relationship you could ever have. Don't you know that he's coming after a bride? He's coming after this church. This church body is the bride of Christ. And he will say to those people, depart from me. I never knew you. And we know what it means in the Bible to know a woman. It's intimate. It's close. It's private. It's something happening there that nobody else sees. Nobody else sees that privacy that you have with God. And then we call it the prayer closet. Where you're at home or you're in your car and you're like, Lord, i got to have more of you. I'm a grown man and I'm embarrassed to cry in front of people. But I tell you what, when I'm by myself, I'm not saying this is me. I'll cry in front of y'all in a heartbeat. You know that. And I hadn't had a stroke. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. This is what happened to me. God, when he, it was, this is exactly me. It was just like, church, 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 church. Massive rearrangement of my life and God just slapping me in the face. You know, there's something I heard about at youth camp that they do. It's so funny at youth camp. Don't let me get off track. I'm going back to this. The girls at youth camp here last week were talking to each other and having fun and exchanging phone numbers. Guess what the guys were doing? They're doing this thing called slap boxing. And it ain't like, hey, lots of fun, lots of fun. No, it's like measuring arms. Go. Pow! Pow, 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 pow. And then they hug and they're like, hey, man, good game, man, good game. That was a good match. That was a good match. Red marks, handprints on the face. Testosterone galore. I have no idea why I just mentioned that. Oh, God, yeah, I was talking about getting slapped in the face. God, this, that's me. This is me. God slapped me in the face. God slap boxed me around. And said, wake up. And I had this moment where it was just like, click. Oh, my goodness. I've been missing out on so much of God. I have been Mr. Christian. I have been the churchgoer that I go when I can. I love God when I can. Here and there. It's just, there's so much more. It's hard. To, you want, I want to go out to people in the audience or when I see them and we're talking to them. I just want to grab them and go, it is real. And they're like, okay, man, I get it. I get it. Stop, man. People are watching, man. We're in the, I'm on the bread aisle at Walmart. Okay, Jeremy. Dude, for real, man. Let go of me, man. For real. That's what I want to do. But all y'all can, just words. Just try to just get it across in words. 
the benefits of the struggle and to deal with the temporary pain. It's such a temporary pain what we go through. It doesn't even matter the pain. It's such a temporary pain. It, some people say, well, that, here's how they look for living for God. They, like, well, do I have to? And do I, do I have to do that? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? It's all of, do I have to for a lot of things? Oh, man. I've got a guy at work. He's two lockers down from me. Uh, the firefighting business that I'm in. It's, I'm a career firefighter. Please, God, let that end as soon as possible. I, just, I love the job. But he's got a sticker on his locker, and it says, we get to do this job. And it's powerful. When I look at that sticker, I'll come in sometimes on shift, and I'm like, oh, I'd rather be at home. And then I look at that sticker, and it really, I have to think back to that initial passion where I was like, I'm starting the fire academy. Woo! I'm a young man. I'm strong. And we thought we could, we're going to kick down doors and pull babies out of burning buildings. And, and, and we're just, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. We're slaying the dragon. And it's just whoo, flames and noise and tools. And it's just crazy. It's awesome, man. Putting on the gear and the air packs. And we're just, look at us. We're firefighters. We're men. We're men. And then we realize, uh, it's this right here. Attention in seven. Being route to a med call. Attention into, I just took this microphone off my head, so we're going to just reset just for a second. But that's exactly how God wants us to realize how we are, in our life, we are dealt, we are given things that we have to deal with in the normalcy that we had. Oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. I apologize for that. We have to deal with things, and we have to deal with things in the normalcy. So then it we quickly, quickly realize as firefighters, and I've got other friends in here that are firefighters, where it was not kicking down doors and running into flaming buildings. It was attention engine seven being route to a med call. And I was, it was yesterday, med call, med call, medical call. That's med call, med call, med call. I'm like, oh, God. I just, I get hung up, and sometimes I would, I would be like, begin to not like my job and not like the things that I have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. It's the struggle. It's the, it's the things that I go through. But we have to realize in our spiritual walk and the things that we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, it is a grind sometimes. And I realize some of you want to quit sometimes. And you don't want to go to the med call. You don't want to do the, net, the average thing. You don't want to do the things it takes to live for God. You don't want to do the day-in, day-out, getting close to God. And you forget about that. It's time for us to quit looking so much at the, the temporary pain that we're going through and go back to the passion. You need to go back in your mind to the time when you first gave your heart to God. It might have been when you were 15 years old and you raised your hands. You said, God, I love you so much. And it could have been a play that was put on. It could have been anything. I mean, there's so much that happens where it stirs the emotions. And there's that time where you say, oh, i I got to have God. And I need God. And you might have read your Bible for a solid week and prayed to Him and then it just tapered off. And you're like, I'm in the normalcy. I'm in the normalcy. I need that passion. But it's a struggle. I want to read to you just Isaiah 40 verses uh, 30 through 31 quickly. Even youths 
youth, the youth of this, of this world. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I want to be like the last part of the scripture. I don't want to be like the youth. They grow tired and weary. Young men, they stumble and fall. Oh, let's see. I want to be like this. Let's look at it again. I want to renew my strength. I want to soar on wings like eagles. Heck, I would just love to fly. I would love to fly. They will run, not grow weary, running all day long, not weary. How many of you can say, I've been tired, I, I stay tired? Walk and not faint. But how do I do that? But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So you can't put your hope in this world. You can't put your hope in man. You can't put your your eagerness and, and, and what you want to be in life, you can't base it on this world and what it has to offer to you. You cannot look at a cell phone all day long and soar on wings like eagles. You can't look at your cell phone all day long and not one time read the Word or pray to God and have a real relationship with Him and expect to soar on wings like eagles. Or run and not be weary. Or walk and not faint. Guess what? You're going to run, you're going to get weary. You're going to walk, you're going to faint. Because you are not getting what you need spiritually. We talked about this in a sermon just a while back where I had a, an entire sack full of junk food. Because we're going to eat. We're going to eat. What do we put it in? What do we put it in? Proverbs 24, 16 says it like this. For though a righteous man falls, I, couldn't, I turned around to Tina and Sandra behind me today and I said, this is blowing my mind. I don't share my sermons with anybody other than my wife. And he's talking about not falling, not, or if you fall, get up. He's talking about being consistent and getting up. They were talking about that and I'm like, this is blowing my mind. I really believe like God is needing to speak to all of us. I'm not going to say God is speaking to someone here today. Someone's. Let's put an S on it. Me, myself, and I. God is speaking to every. It's ordained that you were here today. And God is speaking to all of us here today to not quit. Don't be this person here where it's like, yeah, uh, Covenant Church. Yeah, I, that's a, I've been to that church. I. That's a, and I, there's some here today I know you don't attend Covenant Church, your church, where you're going. Yeah, I go to that church. Uh, I, we, we go here and there, and, and uh, sometimes we go for a little while. We're on fire. We're, we're motivated. But then we quit. And then it's like we kind of feel guilty. You know, that is not a good relationship. When I go to her because I feel guilty, I'm already in the, I'm already in the doghouse. I'm already in the doghouse in that scenario. Proverbs 24, 16, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. Calamity's coming. We're all going to fall. It's how do you fall? How do you fall? This is one thing that I like to bring up about a fall. If you fall, it's, it's because you were up. I cannot have a fall like this. I cannot already be down out on the ground and forgetting about life and then go, I fell. No, goof. 
you, you were already on the ground. Don't pull that junk on me. Don't be trying to get, oh, I don't get your pity. I'm, you're not going to get my pity. You're not going to get my help. You didn't fall. You fell six months ago. You've been down and out. You, don't come to me and say, oh, pastor, I need your help. We need prayer. We, we, we slipped. No, no, you slipped and fell about a year ago, and you never got up. So listen, get up. The fall is so temporary. You know, hey, listen, I'll put it like this. You've got a path in front of you. You're going to go. It depends. We're all going. So do you want to go like this? Strong, shoulders back, walking on your own two feet. Because the other option is to fall. And then we're still going to go. We're going to trudge along. We're just going to drag these knees and just bust them all up. We'll just split them knees open, bleeding knees, palms all roughed up, and we're just miserable. I'm like, I come to church, but nothing changes, and it's just a miserable. Okay, get up, silly. Get up. You fell. We've got a joke at our house. My son, a long time ago, he was, he said, he said, he was having a moment, you know. It was one of those childhood moments where the crying and just having a, a moment. And he looks at his mother and he goes, feel sorry for me. We did what every good parent should do at that moment. We said, we don't feel sorry for you. Shut your crying up. But it was, he, while he's crying, feel sorry for me. Listen, I believe in firm parenting. You are not called to be their best friend. They need to be told no and yes at times. There was a moment where I, I literally looked at one of my sons and I said, you don't talk to my wife. I put it, I, 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 their vision changed. I changed it on them. I was like, they's, oh, you're, you're seeing this in a different life. I said, you don't talk to my wife like that. My wife. Not your mother. You don't talk to my wife like that. And I'm talking, about, I'm talking to a kid that's this tall. I said, don't you talk to my wife like that. You will not treat my wife like that. If I ran into you on the street and a man was talking to my wife like that, I would beat them down. Be careful, Jeremy. Be careful. Hey, I didn't say that. I did give him the impression that nobody talks to my wife like that. But that's my mama. First of all, she was my wife before she was your mama. Listen, you're going to move out one day. You, you are going to move out one day. You are going to move out. And then it's going to be me and her again. And we loved each other then. We love each other through all your mess. And we love each other after. We love each other even more because we're like, thank God, they, we thank Jesus that he saved us from this calamity. <laughs> no, no, listen, that's all a joke. I, I'm just joking, guys. We had a, it was a great time raising up boys at the house, and we thank God for the girls that get to come over and visit now. We didn't have girls growing up. We had all boys, and it was kind of rough at times, and it was a lot of popping towels and slapping each other and wrestling and knocking over furniture. But, um, hey, that was all about raising up some men because I'm not going to raise up no wimps. These, these are men. They want to be on, they're on fire for God. They're motivated. And I praise God for that. With, the, with that motivation. Now, so now you've got the motivation. You've got to know why. And so when you start to see why. Why am I doing this? Well, this is because you want to have some strong young men one day. 
You want to have some strong daughters one day. You want whatever the fruit is in a successful marriage and relationship and family that you see, and maybe you put it on a pedestal, or maybe you read about it in the Word of God, and you're like, I want to be that. Well, just go back and read the pages before and find out what they did. If you want to go find out what not to do, go read First and Second Kings and read about kings that were born blessed. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They were born with wealth, and they ended up being nothing for God. They were nothing for God. They were lost and without God, and they lost their kingdom. They lost their following. So it's not about being blessed and born with. It's what you do with what God blesses you with. What do you have? Little is much when God is in it. So quit having a pity party and feeling sorry for yourself. I just don't have that much. You've got something. And I promise you, if you will put God with that something, it will become much. In the name of Jesus, it will. So now that you've had a mindset, you change your mindset. Okay, I realize why I'm doing this. I'm beginning to have motivation. Now it's time to move forward and move forward. And you, when you move forward, I'm not talking about hesitantly moving forward. I'm talking about move forward with purpose and walk with purpose and say, I am going into battle for myself, for my family, for this church, for this community. I am one that's going to stand up and we are going to fight the devil and the enemy and we're going to kick him in the teeth. Watch this quick video, real quick. This will motivate you.
I want to tell you today that nobody remembers who finished first in that race. That man is long forgotten in that Olympic race. But I'll tell you who they do remember, and the story they do remember is about the one who finished last, but he finished. He got a standing ovation from 65,000 plus people, and he is the one who finished the race. God is going to look at each and every one of us one day, and he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful. The one who put one foot in front of the other time and time again. But preacher, I'm not strong enough. I'm not a machine. I want you to just look with me for just a minute on what a machine is and how a machine operates. Behind me, our our picture up here is a, a series of numbers. Okay, This is called binary code. This is how a computer operates. This is how machinery operates that are run with programs. And you say, well, I can't do this. How am I going to be motivated? How can I do this? I can't be an Olympic athlete. I can't do these things. But it's the way these work. A one is a yes and a zero is a no. It's a simple series of yes and no's and yes and no's. Matthew 5 and 37. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I will encourage you today, do let, put that number system back up there. Do not let there be any gray area in your life. Be determined today. Be decisive today. Simple. Will I overcome this addiction? Yes or no? Is there a gray area? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, no, no. Yes or no. Will my marriage be stronger than it's ever been in in my life? Yes or no. Will I be healthy and fit? Yes or no. Will I say no to all of the bad food that I've been eating? Will I say no to all the things I've been putting in my body and the addictions that I have to chemicals and drugs and things? Will you? Yes or no. And that is how motivation starts and builds and begins to build momentum and it is how you need to look at this system and you need to realize that it is simply saying yes or no. There's times when you will need to say no. There's no room for gray areas though in your life. Be decisive. Again, this is what it takes to flip the switch. Praise team, y'all come on up. Revelations 3 15, if you look at Revelations 3 and 15, God says, I would rather you be cold or hot. I'm sorry, neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So it's time today to make up your mind. Quit living in the gray area, the gray area of darkness of this world and the sin of this world and how it pulls us from one side into the other. And we're in the middle and we're having this struggle. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. God says, you know what? I just wish you'd make up your mind. And I'm telling you right now, it's yes. Will I live for God? Yes. Will my marriage be stronger? Yes. Will I get over and overcome depression? Yes. Will I overcome anger? Yes. Will I overcome self-defeat? Yes. It's time we as a nation, as a Christian nation, quit being lazy, pathetic, and weak Christians. Because that's exactly what we are. When we work in that gray area, when we live in that gray area, we are lazy, pathetic, and we are weak. We are weak-minded. 
I am not looking at a bunch of weak-minded people here today, but if you feel like you are, just guess what? You're sitting by a bunch of others that are strong for the Lord, and this is a church full of comeback stories. I know there's one or two here today where you're not where you need to be, but I'm telling you, surround yourself you have got to have that person that runs out of the stands did you see what happened i want you to just replay it in your mind he's down he's out he knows he can't he's not even going to qualify it's over and they come up to him and they're trying to stop him and he pushes their hand back and he says no i will go i will go and he starts going and he starts going and then that it's not just a man look Man will fail you time and time again. It's not just a man that we serve. It's not, no, it's God Almighty. I serve Jesus Christ. And He is not just a man. He is more than a man. He was raised up on the third day. He was resurrected out of that tomb. And He serves and He is a living, breathing, mighty God. Amen? And we serve a mighty God, a living God. He is the one that will come out of the stands. And you need that coming out of the stands. Wrapping their arms around you. Those that even we wrap our arms around those that have fallen. And we go with you. But we're not here to carry you for the entire race. We want to get you up. Get you going. And then let you get across that finish line on your own. Because there is a mighty, mighty thing that happens when you do it on your own. And then you have that testimony. You don't stop at Walmart or someplace and you're, and you're giving your testimony. You're like, man, I was down and out. But my church family, boy, they picked me up and they did everything for me. They called me every morning. They told me, hey, pray. Hey, read your Bible. Maybe we did for a little while. Maybe we encouraged you for a little while. But no, you got it. You become, it, the switch flipped. That's what this church is all about. I am not here and nobody is here to carry you across the finish line. Here you go, son. Here you go, just carry you across the finish line. No, I got you up, we got you going. I don't care if you limp across the finish line. Finish, finish. I speak this truth today. Covenant Church will be the voice of love, hope, charity, restoration, deliverance, salvation, and freedom for the lost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray. Quit asking why and start proclaiming what. What God is going to do. What you will do with God. Quit asking why. You want to be continually better? Quit just wearing the t-shirt. There's people in here today. I actually went to one of the men today and I said, Heads up, I'm going to talk about your shirt today and it's not aimed at you. But don't just wear the continually better t-shirt. Don't just, I got a a wristband right here it says continually better continually better live the lifestyle let there be a lifestyle change for you don't just wear the t-shirt don't just wear the bracelet there are no shortcuts quit looking for the shortcut looking where's my shortcut where's the shortcut instead of looking why don't you just go find why don't you just go find your discipline why don't you go find God why don't you go find the one? You, now, to find, we got to seek. Seek and knock, and I will open the door. Hide and go seek. We know it. Listen, God's not hiding from us. Many of us think, oh, God's hiding from us. Where have you gone, God? Where have you gone? 
He's like, flip the switch on, man. I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. I'm right here saying, where, where are you at? Where are you at? I'm right here. Remember, God has called you to greatness. Don't settle for anything less. If you would, just all stand. We'll dismiss. You see, the word difficult is something that people look at in a certain way. And they see so much resistance and they see so much that can go wrong. I want you to quit looking at the word difficult as a brick wall. But I want you to look at the word difficult rather as a staircase. It's an opportunity. Difficulties in your life? Great. Opportunity to step on that, step on the next one and climb up. Climb up and move forward. They're going to sing this same song. But before they sing this song, I want to just ask if every head will be bowed and every eye closed. And if this is you today and you say, I, I need to move forward. I, I am in a, I'm stagnant. I'm not, moved, I'm not where I need to be. If you would be so bold as to raise your hand, I'm not going to ask anything other, other than this. Just raise your hand. And not for me, but you raise your hand and say, as a motion to God, say, God, I need you. Listen, when I want somebody to be, when I want it to be known that I need something, I say, hey, hey, hey right, right, I raise my hand. I need that. So raise that hand. I see these hands going up all over the building because there's more than just one person. I'm not speaking to one person here today. I am speaking. I've got my hand up in the air. My hand is up in the air. I am not where I need to be all the time. I need to latch on to God stronger and more and more and more. You can lower your hand. Don't get nervous. I'm not fixing to call those that raise their hand up to the front. I will tell you this, this altar is open. If you need someone to pray with you today, we will help you. We will pray with you. We want nothing more than you to be so motivated because the devil is wanting to steal, kill, and destroy you, your soul. Hey, let's look at this. is exactly what the devil wants. He wants us to burn in hell. Let's don't dance around that. He wants our soul for eternity where the Bible says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, that's horrible. That's what he's after. So let's just go ahead and get it on the table. We know what he's after. And he also is after our children that are, our poor children that are downstairs. How's he going to get to them? He's going to get to them through us. So when I just say, not today, God, not today. I'm not going to give my life to you. I'm not going to surrender to you. And along with me, uh, my children as well. Uh, I'm not going to be the leader. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It is, you're asking too much. It is just too much. Listen to me. You have, there are men in this sanctuary right now that you never did it with your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Because many of us, we're not doing it for ourselves. Think about somebody else other than yourself for a minute. Do it for your grandchildren. They, a grandbaby, do you know what it means for a grandbaby to look at a Papa and a mama who's raising their hands and living for God and teaching them about the Word of God and saying, it's not all about the funny YouTube videos. It's not all about the slip and slide and the grilled cheese and the hamburgers that I cook at Mamaw's house and the Kit Kats and the Cokes that I feed you. I'm spoiling you. Yes, you are spoiling them. God wants to use you as a different voice than the, than the world. And you are called to teach those children, to lead those children. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for conviction that falls in this place. We thank you, Lord, for conviction falling on us today. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do, even though we may not see it right here tangibly. We may not see it right now, but, Lord, I know that you're working on hearts. You're working on souls. You're working on the mind of a man and a woman right now. And I thank you, Lord, in advance for the things that we are going to see. I thank you, Lord, in advance for the lives that are going to be changed, for the offspring year after year that will be changed from somebody changing their mind and giving their heart to you in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we bless your name today. We ask, God, that you would fall upon us today as we worship you. This is another opportunity to worship you, God, and we bless you today in the name of Jesus. We lift up your name. We ask you, God, to come into our hearts. We ask you, God, to stir us up, Lord. Ignite, reignite the passion, God. Reignite the passion and the eagerness to live for you. Not to be just a platonic relationship, but Lord, one that actually is full of love and adoration. In the name of Jesus, everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, let it be done in my life. The altars are open. If you need to leave, feel free to leave. But if you want to pray, come to the altar and pray. We will pray with you. Moving forward, the Lord says, don't quit. Should fall, fall forward. 